cut it off. Welcome to Way Too Much. It's your boy Johnny Gators, Ghetto Governor. Got my boy John Ross Marcus Cox in here, and uh, came today on this beautiful day, 421, day after the greatest holiday of the year, in my opinion, uh, to speak to y'all today a little bit about weed legalization and uh, some bills that are going on here in Kentucky, trying to get um, through legislation. I think believe believe there were three that were up on the um, up for a vote this time around. I think one. Uh, got through the house. It was a uh, medical, medical only. Medical, medical only. only. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that bill passed. In my opinion, prematurely, as it's not going to serve serve the purpose that I think people intended to. That's what I think. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Um, one, it didn't cover enough symptoms, which the only symptom should be, if you want it, you can have it because you're a grown adult. But. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. Um, but to be honest, um, I think everybody's going to know where I stand on, on weed legalization because I'm about to fire up this joint right here. But um, coming from somebody who doesn't smoke, I'd like to hear your take on it first. You know what? So, so let me uh, let me get everybody let me back up a little bit. Um, tell you, yeah, so straight. We just told y'all, I, you know, I don't smoke, never have smoked, none of that. Um, we'll get into this a whole lot. I didn't do Probably any, any, anything like that growing up. You know, my dad died of a drug overdose when I was ten, and was all into all into that booger sugar and all that. So kind of kept me away as a kid. But so I, I used to equate everything with that. You know what I mean? I thought everything right. was like just like highway to hell. You want? You know what I'm saying? And then right. you grow up in the Southern Baptist Church, that's a whole other element to it. You know what I mean? 100%. And so, but I always kind of felt, always knew I felt a certain type of way about it, and or did or or didn't feel a certain type. Way about about it, and like that I didn't have enough information, and so um, as I've been going down there into Frankfurt this year, was one thing I was kind of trying to fill out where where everybody stood. I'm always trying to learn to see where I'm you know going wrong, or if I'm like if my opinions are misguided or whatever. And like uh, one of the reps that I kind of got close with along the way, his name's Jason Nemus. He's a he's a state rep at a He's got part of Oldham County, Kentucky, and Jefferson County, Kentucky. He supported the medical he, so he's bill well, and, passed, right? Well, and the big the the big thing about him is, and he will tell you this is, but like, not that long ago, he was against all of it. He didn't want right. any of it legal. I mean, he didn't want any part of any of it. And so, like for him, he's came from that to this medical marijuana uh, piece. And so, one of the days I was in his office, some of the I don't want to call them medical marijuana lobby because I don't look at them like lobbyists. They're really trying to take care of some. You know, it's like vets and people that are you know, paraplegic. There's a paraplegic Supporters. guy in there. Yeah, you know I mean, people that need it are right. in Supporters, there. Supporters, not lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we kind of got into it. But, you know, it's like, you know, he's he's sponsored, he's co-sponsored some legislation with Democrats and stuff like that. Atticus Scott, Pam Stevenson and them. Um, there's another state rep from Louisville. I can never remember her name. Um, I got to look it up. K? What? Her, like, her name yeah, starts Yeah, Kokarni or something. I think it's Kokarni. I think they say it, but Kokani. Yeah, so he right. so he's been uh, he's co-sponsored legislation with them, um, but you know, man, for me, I just I feel like the medical marijuana, it's it's one of those ideas that sounds good, you know what I mean? But you got to dig into the details and how in government we attack one problem and then we don't think about the ancillary, either benefits or you know down uh, downfalls of it. And I'm just one of these people. So I'm kind of a free, I'm a freedom type, I'm a freedom minded individual, and I feel like it's either it's either 
good or it's bad. You know, what I mean, I feel like with the med, well, if we go medical marijuana, and that bill that was up in uh, in the house was HB one thirty six, was the one that was for medical marijuana that got it's the one that passed. It's the one that passed one you know one chamber. Um, it said I ain't saying it's a bad bill or anything like that. I just think that just like with so many issues, I'm afraid if we do that, then we then we just stop even talking about it going forward because everybody's going to think it's just fixed. And then the conversation's not going to get changed at all. We're not going to go to the next step. You know what I mean? And so um, I wanted to kind of bring to light some things to you and see what your thoughts were as far as a couple things that I see wrong. Like we go the medical marijuana route. You go into other states. One of the big issues is in order to get that medical marijuana, you have to be diagnosed with something. So in Kentucky, we know all about the pill mills. Right. You know, are we going to turn into having these weed mills? And then you get this well, card, works. and then the government's labeling you a certain way, and your rights are impacted in some other form or fashion because you are like allowed now to use this illicit drug that would be um, frowned upon if you didn't have it, and now it's affecting your driver's license or affecting your Second Amendment rights or affecting, you know what I'm saying? Oh, or like shit. trying to figure out if that card is still valid, and maybe you didn't get it renewed in time, but you still got some medical marijuana in your car, and now you're getting. You thought it was legal and it ain't. Now you're getting pulled over for possession and distribution and everything else. I just wonder if we're looking at all the negative possibility consequences that are that would come from it. Well, I think um, we're not, um, first off. But I think it's all kind of stems back to one thing, and that is the label that marijuana has carried since 1937 and the Marijuana Tax Act. That's a Schedule One drug. Mm-hmm. And I think when when people hear that, and even if you go talk to a regular person, you say, what do you think about weed? Most people are like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You may not even have an opinion. But according to, according to, um, where was that at? MPP.org, 91% of Americans support legalization of medical marijuana at least mm-hmm. so to me that's a no-brainer but going back to the tax act and it being a schedule one drug until you can get that stigma off of it i think it is i think it's going to be really tough to get people to see the actual medical value in it because not only is the schedule one hurting its name it's also keeping it from being researched properly because the research is only being done for the negative impacts of marijuana Mm -hmm. so when people think of oh they're doing medical marijuana research they're not doing research to find out if it helps you beat cancer they're doing it to find out if it kills you from cancer you know, well, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that research is ac- actually is getting done. Um, and not doesn't necessarily mean doesn't necessarily mean that it's uh, not a, that not, it's a getting... cor- not according to uh, a 2013 study that says 94 percent of all research done on marijuana was research done. Yeah, for I, I mean, I would be interested to know if it was um, if it's changed. And obviously, it's been almost 10 years ago. Um, I just I know that those groups that are coming down there. And, in support of it in Frankfurt, I mean, they are coming in with information. You know, I think one of the hardest problems with that kind of research is so much when it comes to like pain or subjective. It's all subjective, exactly. 100%. You know, so if it's coming to pain or if it's coming to uh, 
the you know, like, like 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 mental state, like someone with like right. you know post traumatic post traumatic stress like, uh, disorder. I'm sure you've heard this statement before. Uh, like, uh, if if anything ever happens, just say just say your back hurts. They can't prove it one way or yeah, another. yeah. Well, that's all, that's <laughs> the opioid epidemic. You know what I mean? So it's like I almost feel like too. You know, the opioid stuff is really hurting potential marijuana because right. people are associating it. Like we know how we messed up in the '80s and '90s. With with opioids, right, and went from just like not being willing to give anybody anything to literally, I mean, give it whatever they wanted. Yeah, and so I, I, I'm, a, and I'm gonna tell right now, like anybody, anybody watching the show, one, I encourage everyone to do is go watch the, the show Dope Sick on Hulu. If you want to really get a feel for the negative, uh, you know, possibilities coming along with like big pharma and making this a medical marijuana, making medical marijuana, like making medical marijuana the only way. Of obtaining marijuana, right? It's like it's a slippery slope, pumping it through Purdue Pharma and all these places. You know what I mean? Oh, all, sure, all these right. drug companies, and so I, but, you know, that, that stigma from opioids is bleeding over into this. Whenever anybody who's sitting down one on one and discussing these drugs, like there's no way that anybody can say that marijuana and opioids are having any type of the same effect on well, someone. In the same class. Yeah. So like, I'm in for the me, like you know, I don't smoke it. I'm not even saying I like approve of people smoking because I don't have any experience with it. You know what I mean? Never, never smoked it, so I don't really know. Never. I mean, I guess I'm getting like secondhand right now. That's, I mean, I may that, have taken. I may have took a. That's fake. I may have took a draw of one or something that's at fake. one point in time, but again, like secondhand. I'm fake. one of these people that, from where that, that stuff happened with my father, it's like I'm just spooked by drugs. Really, you know what I mean? Like I'm afraid. I almost have that same stigma in my in the back of my mind that I'm afraid it's gonna like kill me if I take like a drag on it. You know what I mean? Like you know, I know it ain't gonna happen. I mean, I have hit a joint before, but it's like I'm I was younger and I was never. You know, I don't know that I tried with it. You know what I mean? I think I might have been trying to look cool and just blow smoke out real quick and right. not really do anything from it. But like I'm old enough and wise enough now to, to know not I can't be judging everyone else because it's like I don't see people dropping dead from marijuana use. I don't know if there's ever been a documented case of a death I'm so solely responsible not you know that marijuana is solely responsible for so um pretty sure you have to smoke like like five times your body weight or something yeah so it's, it's like crazy you know when it comes to like driving or whatever it's like I'm sure there's something we gotta let's you, know, you gotta probably sure there's some kind of impairment but I mean people are on all sure. kinds of drugs that are impairing their driving you know what I mean oh, like sure. if you're on a if you're on a prescription yeah. for uh, ADD and you're taking like Adderall or Ritalin or anything, it's like impair that's impairing your peripheral vision and as yeah. far as like the way your brain's focusing. You maybe, put the same you put the same warnings on it that you would medication because for most people that's what it is. Now for me, I'm a recreational user. Now I've never been diagnosed by a doctor, but you know, um, just like most people on the planet, uh I've probably been using marijuana to self-medicate for a while. I mean, I took a 10-year break um, due to some, some other issues. But, um, I mean, marijuana just, it's not, it's a lot more helpful. Everything points to more help than harm. Like, if you look at it, on a, a base level of, of humanity and you just say 
is this helping more people or hurting more people? There's no denying that it helps more people than it hurts. Well, but see, like, I, I feel like that that argument is like at, on another level. At a fundamental level, we're talking about governmental regulation. You know what I mean? So, like, right. that's a we're talking about what you're talking about. There's like a culture, society, or, and societal acceptance. We're talking about like government regulation. If there's no evidence that it is directly harming people, I mean, does the government the government has no business in it? I, you know I what I mean? So like that's where that's why I'm afraid of going the medical marijuana routes because it's still making them you know regulate everything and it's pumping it through the big, these big pharmaceutical companies, and so it's still going to regulate it no matter what happens, even well, but, if it's recreational. And I, be honest with you, I don't have a problem with the regulation. I mean, every, no one should have a problem with it to be honest with you, because one, it's going to be safer for people like me. You know what I'm saying? Or people who need it medically. And it's going to be beneficial for people who, everyone, even people like you who don't smoke. The tax revenue that it's going to bring in, the amount of jobs, the tourism and things that it's going to bring are just immense. I mean, I've got all these numbers in front of me that I could go over. I'm, I'm, I mean, Colorado, seven years, $1.8 billion and counting as of February, as of February 2022. $538 million to their schools in seven years. Straight, just from recreational. That's not even including medical. That's just recreational. Just straight tax money. $538 million to the school system. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. It just doesn't even make sense. I mean, 33% is how much the, the, the job market grew in marijuana. 33% in a year. 107,000 jobs, 145,000 in the financial sector. And by 2025, they're saying that business and finance will be growing by 8%. Marijuana jobs will be growing by 25%. And if they legalize it as as they're hoping federally, or at least take it down from Schedule 1, they're saying four times that. So that would mean 100% from right now the amount of jobs there are. In 2025, there could be possibly that many more jobs. I mean, I don't know if you've seen New Jersey just went today, started recreational marijuana. I see that, nope. This morning, today, right now, somebody's standing in line, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. April 21st, 2022. First in New Jersey. They're predicting at the end of this year, one and a half billion in sales. It's April. It's the end of April. So you're talking seven months. 1.5 1.5 billion is their prediction of what they're going to make on recreational marijuana, and they right now, as of today, they only got 13 dispensaries open in the whole state. Well, look here, here's the deal. <laughs> what you're saying now is what it, there are proponents out there saying all this, saying all this stuff. <laughs> when I look at so, it probably take me a couple minutes to get this out, but we go look at so the House bill from 2022 that was uh, I'm pretty sure it was primary sponsored by Jason Nemus, it was HB 136. All right, it's its co-sponsors are, I mean, across the aisle, right? So you got like Republicans, you got plenty of Democrats, you got big, but you know, you got those big business Republicans. Oh, God, you got you got the you got the big business Republicans, Matthew Cook, you know, uh, uh, I think it's something Kevin Timoney or something. Um, he's an Irish cat. 
the straight Irish too on there. He got the red hair come over. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> no, but but you got like so. But here's so what I feel like we add in this whole podcast arena is just like getting down on a fundamental level and you know bridging gaps. And so like, what's why this stuff ain't passing? So HB 136 it had 44 co-sponsors across the aisle. All right, to pass you only got to have 51 total people. Right. Vote for it. So you got forty four on the bill, including the Speaker of the House. Right. So like, it's and this is this has been the case in Kentucky. This whole session is the Senate is so it's such a problem. I mean, the Senate is the good old boy like yeah. Jeb Bush, smoke a smoke a cigar at the country club yeah. chamber of Go- chamber of government in Kentucky. And I don't even That's care if they right I don't there. even care if they see this and, and they get mad at me because we're trying to do something so powerful here that it doesn't even matter if they mad at us, oh, right? Yeah. Like, we're trying to start a revolution of real people, like, speaking up and being like, you're going to do what the heck we want you to do, right. or get the hell out of Dodge. That's what we're trying to do. So, like, again, I'm trying to be confrontational, but you've got that many people in the, in the House that support this, all right, and it's not even get touched in the Senate, right? So, but when I look on and look at the co-sponsors, we're not seeing any, a whole, not, not very much rural crossover. So, like I said, there's just as much of a gap between rural-urban Republicans, right. even, you know, even the... the Chamber we like, you know, which is the house right now. And like I'm my hope is that I can help those guys see the other side of the coin of the people that the cult their culture is so similar to theirs and they're just not they're just not recognizing it because they had never been, you know, immersed in like black culture the way I have. Because you have a lot of these um they're rural reps that are like, you know, pastors or whatever, and they have like they do care and they do have the people's best interest in mind. I mean, you got got Chris Fugue from Harlan, you got Josh Callaway. I mean, he's like one of my really good friends right now. He's out of, you know, out of Hardin County, I think like Breckenridge County or something. You got Josh Bray out of you know, East Kentucky. You got um, William Lawrence. I mean, just all kinds of them down there, right? Like, and I feel like it's still this stigma to where like down there, it's hard. No one's going into like these Southern Baptist churches and like saying, hey, listen, this, you'd rather your people be do, smoking this than being in the bottle, you know. Oh, and like, sure. it's this isn't like the drug that's that's like killing people. And there's a difference in promoting something's use and just saying, "Look, sorry right if you want to." What look at what this is doing to our society and our culture. I mean, that's what that's what worries to me about like when I think about medical marijuana. You got to go to get a medical marijuana card. The majority of those cards that go out to get those, it's going to be a mental condition. Right, yeah. so think about how that how that expands out into other things and how it's going to affect you. I mean, like, that immediately affects your Second Amendment rights. Like, if you're diagnosed with a mental health condition, right, and you're and like, and let's be honest, as, as soon as medical marijuana became legal, if that was one of the, like, if you had any kind of let's say just like depression or anxiety or any of that stuff was included, you have you have dudes from where we're from lined up, oh for sure to get it. And so like, imagine taking one of the most patriotic portions of the country, all right, saying you can do something you already do now as long as you get this card that was only if you classified a certain way, but it's also one of the one of the most armed populations of the citizenry, and now you've immediately flipped it to where, like, as soon as they get mixed up in anything, they get arrested for anything, right, that immediately is going to be on the table for them to be like, okay, well, you can't be on these, if you have you got a concealed carry or you don't or you had a weapon in your car and yet you, you in Kentucky you don't have to have a concealed carry anymore but you have a mental health you have a mental health condition 
Right. So you go look at these things on how they pile up charges on people's <coughs> cases. Excuse just me. adding another thing, pile up charges on people. You know what I mean? And so, like, I see it as a way, since we're not pushing for this legalization, I almost wonder if there's a certain segment of the powers that be that see this angle and don't like the Second Amendment or trying to attack people that way. You know what I mean? And they Or, you know, or they see it as a way to, like, you know, get people into the... Or, or, or imagine being a, a, a dude, you're paying child support and stuff like that, all right, and now you're back in your child support or you get like into a domestic violence situation, which are very common in where we're from, you know what I mean? And then like, then you throw that extra thing into the mix. Oh, well, he's got a documented mental health issue, you know, like that maybe wouldn't have been on paper before, but, you know, because he wanted to be able to smoke weed. Now he's went in there and so like, oh, I'm, so, I'm like borderline schizophrenic or something, you know what I mean? Right. He's just saying, and so like I think you're throwing in so many, so many things out there, um, and I think these guys, I think these guys can would be willing to listen to that, you know, or the same thing about like listening to look at our prison system, how many people are locked up because okay. of a drug that's not that's again I don't care how you feel about it religiously or anything I do not listen to I'm not a medic I'm not a marijuana user I'm talking about society and culture and like. Hurting individuals, yeah. you know what I mean, and like, harmless is it would it, is it better for that dude to be locked up because of weed, away from his kids, away from his wife? When he comes out now, he can't even go live with his baby mama because she's getting Section Eight. Now, if he lives at the house with her, she's gonna lose that. Like, is it worth all that to try to keep somebody from doing something that they're going to keep doing no matter what? And my answer is an emphatic no. It is not. Oh well, I do not disagree with you at all um i'm glad you brought up the prison part of it though um because that's another big issue with it the amount of people that are incarcerated for marijuana is fucking staggering i don't even want to look at the number i haven't looked it up i'm not going to look it up because i know it's a number that shouldn't even exist (laughs) like it shouldn't exist i mean unless you have mass amounts of marijuana and you're fucking supplying the city with marijuana and you don't have like a contract with the fucking and you're not paying your taxes on it and shit you should not be going to jail for it like you they should be employing these people to to make money especially in kentucky i'm talking about everywhere in in the country but especially in kentucky y'all should think about the fact that environmentally we have one of the best climates in the world to grow marijuana. We're like one of the, the largest, like, the largest. Hemp I mean, we, we we grow what we already. <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a uh, paper in high school about how much marijuana was grown in in Bell County, Kentucky, back in two thousand four or five. I wish I could think of the numbers. It was something crazy, like sixty percent of the outdoor marijuana in the country was grown between West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee, and 40% of that was grown in Bell County and Harlan. I'm pretty sure that was the stat. Once well, again, I wish a, I could quote it. And that's another, that's another disconnect, and that's where, like, you know, even in our work, where we're from, you know, Adam Bolin's the representative. Like, 50 years ago, a Bolin would have been kind of removed from everything, you know, from the other side of the tracks a little more like the, the south side the, the east end trailer parks that are like out 
from you know, where I live or whatever, they can, Adam is like, in, he tries to be in tune with all those people in there, and I'm, I guarantee you that he would like be willing to listen to this I stuff. But I we disagree with you on that, but I, I understand what you're trying to say. But we still have a, so think about the idea of the no, idea of that, like the elite versus non elite. No, 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 I understand so, what you're saying. But like, we have a lot of these, we have this concept that people in East Kentucky are all this super, they, we are from a sort of super religious or whatever, but like, you get into this isn't even black versus white issue. Like my stepdad is white. Why is it? Does it come? He'll straight up tell you, like, if you're if we're out four wheeling or hunting or whatever, you come up on a pot patch. You like, hey, you better you better get out of there because Danny <laughs> Ray just trying to run a business. You know what I mean? Right. Like Danny Ray does good for the community down. You know, I'm like, oh, even sure. like, against the socioeconomic, even like poor white people, all, all poor white people support this. You know what I mean? They may not for the hour they're in the church building. They may get, you know, um, blinded by whatever's being said. And if they walk back out in the real world, and they're like, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my little cousin, my, my cousin, my nephew's doing it right now. So, like, you know, they don't they don't want their people locked up. So, there's another bill I'm going to bring up to you. So, HB 225, this one was actually, this was supported. This was, primary sponsor was the, uh, it's, like I said, I don't know if it's Kulkarni or Kulkarni or it's Nima. Nima yeah. Kulkarni, I think. Kulkarni, yeah. But um, this one right here would actually, this has to do with constitutional, you know, we create a new section of the Constitution relating to possession of cannabis. And this, I think for this me, is I this about. is more about what we need to be pushing. Is this, is this because, the one that um, they were trying to vote? They were trying to vote so that it could be on in November so that the public could vote? Well, that that I'm just going to read you the sum. So it basically would... Guarantee the right of an individual 21 years of age or older to possess, use, buy, or sell one ounce or less of cannabis and to cultivate, harvest, and store up to five cannabis plants for personal use and for production, processing, sell cannabis. Like, to me, this, yeah, so yeah, so this is going to specifically ask the question to be printed on the ballot. Bro, I'm telling you, that, that law right there is pretty solid. I've read that one. This is the one I was talking about earlier. Like I said, I wish I would have made a note of it. I'm glad you pulled it up because that one's pretty solid. An ounce and then, what is it, five pounds five or plants. five plants you could have? That That's that's pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? Because that's like a, a good amount to where it, it's personal use or even if you're selling a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You just make, you just fucking making rent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're de- yeah, you, you're ain't, de- you ain't fucking becoming no millionaire. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely ain't going, to, ain't going after <laughs> projects and like slinging on, slinging in all the corners and. You're not making a million dollars selling it out. Bro. Yeah, yeah, and so like, you know, to me, to me, like something like that is what we need to be because if you can do that, if you can get something like that through, then medical marijuana becomes much easier. 100%. And because some people want that already, but I, I just feel like we're so focused on. We're so worn down as people, and we're so like we're so jaded to thinking that we can't get you know we can't get through what we want through that we're just willing to take whatever the lobbyist groups are willing to lobby for. You know what I mean? It's like 100%. I'm a I'm more of a I'm an individual I'm individual individual minded. You know what I mean? Not for me. I mean like the individual as a you know conceptually. Right. Like I want I want to give each individual the most opportunity to succeed in life and do so at their own on their own accord without worrying about every step of the way government either either government intervention or government infringement or you know just interact interacting with the government i'm not saying like, let everybody know when i'm saying that i'm not meaning like i'm also not meaning 
I want to do that wow, and be West. and be cutting off all the other social safety nets and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just want we can do all that and still give people freedom. And that's the problem. People, like, even the right and the left, they get into oh, power. Yeah, be, yeah. They get into power and they say, okay, we want we still only want to give you the freedom we want to give you, right? right? Like, we still don't think you're smart enough to make your own decision. So, you know, so we're going to get. We're gonna do something. We're gonna do something this way, and we're gonna make it, you know, contingent on you living in the same and whatever project we tell you we want you living in, or what you know, or what yeah. have you. And so, like, but something like this, this would be something that would give the people, like, the people, a choice, and then it would be on us to spread the message the right way or not. Right. You know what I mean? And so, sure. like, that's something I'm hoping to be able to do. And I actually, uh, I texted, you know, reached out to Jason Eames this morning. That's something I feel like we can, uh, where we add value, and I know where I added value during this session was just being able to talk, you know, speak, you know, all languages, and you know, what I mean, like I'm, I'm guilty of it's like whoever I'm around, I kind of talk like them a little bit more. It's like it ain't me pandering. It's just like I'm just comfortable, right? In whatever situation, you know what I mean? Like I, when I'm around you, I probably do talk a little more hood than I probably do like when I'm at my the church I go to, or you know what I mean? Comfortable in conversation. But, um, yeah, I would support a bill like this. I, I will support a bill like this. Um, preferably, I would prefer a bill that's like, hey, motherfucker, you can go out and sell as much as you want because I believe that free trade should be free fucking trade. If you if you live in fucking America and you want to be capitalist, you should fucking just let motherfuckers sell fucking weed. You know what I'm saying? But since I know that's not fucking a realistic fucking thing, I'm fucking willing to deal with something like this. And that's, that's, like I said, that's solid. I mean, an ounce is, because most people aren't trying to be Pablo Escobar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most people are out here literally trying to smoke a joint or like they really legitimately got some back pain or legitimately they got like a fucking eye twitch that fucking weed helps. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it could be some small shit. Like, what, made, what made you think of that? Do you see my eye twitch when you're no, looking at me? No, no. It's just, uh... You shouldn't have out me for my Tourette's on, ca- on camera? No. That's a, it's a HIPAA violation, right? I was not even... I honestly was not doing that. <laughs> 100% not. Do you, do you watch the show Snowfall? I do not watch it. Watch, watch, I watch have it. watched it. But like, if you watch Snowfall, I, I mean... So, like, Snowfall is obviously, it's a... You know, it's a fictional show, but like, watch The Wire. Watch all uh, drugs. All drug dealers are celebrated in media. Well, so like, watch The Wire. What, what, what the point I'm trying to make is watch all the. You know, go look about. So you can look up by any drug dealer you'll see that was selling weed. Most of them, at some, like, you know, had aspirations of they were trying to get into something else. Because you don't make enough money. Well, because well, cause those, everybody wants to be legitimate. You know what I mean? Everybody oh, wants sure. to make it oh. the right way. Oh, you're talking about that part. It's oh, like, for like, sure. Like we, it's like but what we do. So we have these little... So you make more money. We have so. all these like entrepreneurs out here oh, that like have an entrepreneurial mind, but like they can't even go out because what they're selling is illicit or whatever. They can't even go through channels of having like a mentor. You know what I mean? I'm like... So. Drug dealers... Are some of the greatest salesmen on the planet. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the truth, and everyone everyone knows that. That's why if you look throughout history, and you look at people who have been into heavy crime and they've made it to a certain level, they're always in business with very very prominent people because 
it's it's the same mentality. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it's the same mentality. So, I mean, to me, that's that's kind of why people have always shunned it kind of out of society is because they know that in that batch of people, there's a lot of piranhas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when you let piranhas in, what do they do? They eat everything up. You know what I'm saying? So if you take, if you, if you take a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand people who come from the hood and know and got some swag about them, some savvy, who know how to do some shit, mm-hmm. which there's plenty of them. You know what I'm saying? And you, you drop them into society with weed farms and. Oh, um, a, a way to package and, and be artistic, and you know what I'm saying. Make the own, make their own little jingles to their shit because they 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 good with music and shit like that. You know what you're gonna have? You're gonna have a fucking explosion, and that's what they're afraid of. <laughs> I, that's what I think. Well, and the, so my <laughs> bigger point is like I I think I feel like everyone. I'm not even arguing for everyone to be able to get into the weed business. You know, like. I feel like people you should be able to, but I'm saying people get into the weed business and stay in it for sure because they like barriers are created as soon because no, if you right now if you were in if you were selling you would weed, stay in it if it was legal. Well, but right now you're because you'd be able to grow in it. But right now, if you're selling weed, it's a it's like an automatic. Even if you are one of the good good ones that that doesn't get caught up in too much trouble, like you're gonna catch a charge. For sure, you're gonna catch some. You're gonna catch some eventually. Guys. But like my point is, if we would if we would take that away, so many of those people would end up in something else. You know, very very rarely do we start in a career that we end we end our career. Oh, I don't disagree. So with it's that. like we're creating. That's a, I mean, we're saying the we're same. creating a step like a a barrier from you know for like a, you know eighteen nineteen year old you know having to do whatever to help like you said help pay rent help pay child support. Get in there and like make some contacts and realize you're good at sales and be able to go to community college. Yeah, you know what I mean. For because sure. now that's you, what's going to happen. You caught a charge when you're 17. Now you can't even you can't even uh, qualify for any like assistance to go to college. Yeah, or, or I mean like yeah, literally you could be like a, a 19 year old kid who like just you straight fucking A's like on your way to getting a fucking doctorate or some shit. You know what I'm saying? And like like catch a, a possession of marijuana charge and lose like all your FAFSA. And yeah. then you can't ever get it can't back. Go. You can't even get it back. And so then, like, <laughs> you, you, you have to do the only thing you know you're good at and you have access to, especially, like, areas of the country we're from, and that's get caught up in the game. Do what you do best. You know? And so, like, I just think we're not looking at the, the societal imp- negative societal impacts on the individual. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, what's happening to these kids? Um, and... You know, and just like the like what we're po- what we're possible what we're possibly doing to them because again, you got to think about the impl- the impl- what's the um, implications if you're internalizing this you know this stuff and you're thinking you're a bad person along the way right and like right. not thinking not having a positive outlook on yourself for sure like I think everyone thinks that everybody that does drugs that they are just okay with crime and they are just cr- they just are criminally intuitive or whatever and I'm like man that just ain't how things work you know I mean there are bad apples out there that just literally want to sling dope there are people that want to do that but the vast majority of people are I mean are good at heart you know we're either like you know we're either products of the image of God or we're not 
I don't. I just don't believe God's putting millions of people on the planet that are terribly evil. You know what I mean? Like, and I've and very rarely if I very rarely do I meet someone. And I'm just like, dude, that dude was that dude was just he gave me some bad juju when I walked out. You know what I mean? Like, most people want their kids to like respect them and think high of them. Most people want like their parents to be proud of them, their wife to be proud of them, whatever. But it's like I'll just like there's no way to ever quantify this. But I just I bet the numbers will be staggering if we were, if we were to dig into like the black marriage rate. Like how much, like how much of that comes along with just like negative outlooks on on people on how people feel about themselves because they are good people, but because they're told they're bad all the time, they have no self worth, and so they like, why would this woman want to be in the same house with me? It's like you know, I, I don't think we think about even internally what we're doing to ourselves emotionally because most people are hard on ourselves and how much that's impacting. Other things, I guess. So I just think that we're from top to bottom. It's just nothing but negative consequences that could be happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you kind of spun me right there. Um, yeah, you kind of spun me right there. I was not expecting you to go there with that. Uh, well, listen. We are talking about we, but we ain't talking about we. We're uh, talking about what is what what the what the war on weed is causing. I understand that, but what you was just talking about wasn't that. What you was just talking about was a, when you brought up uh, the separation rate of black marriage and all that shit. That's something totally different. That's a total different subject than. Oh, okay. overall, overall, it is. But I'm like. Because again, like when it comes to like having a net, if you like self worth and self value, what's wrong for self confidence? It's like right. that's a compounding effect. You know what I mean? Right. So it's never just one thing. Yeah. But like that, like if I we, understand what you're saying, I'm just saying because to me that that makes it that that like I guess I just have to say that to me that like almost offended me because that's because that's like almost like. Someone, someone trying like you're saying, like that, like black people have like low confidence or some shit because, like we think that about marriage rates and shit, and I don't think that's true of anyone that I know. So I think our, <laughs> I think our culture in general, where we're from, men have very low self, like self confidence. Oh, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone in that in that department. Um, I can't speak for anybody in that department, but I guess I personally don't feel that way. Uh, well, you know, you know how my, you know myself, how my self confidence struggles. No, for sure, for sure, hundred um, percent. That's just something I just wasn't, wasn't really ready to or ready to talk about, and something I don't really know that much. Want to get? But I know I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that. Um, being confident is something that everybody on the planet probably struggles with, myself included. And I, and I think I'm a very confident person. That otherwise, I wouldn't even be here talking to y'all right now for nothing. I think I think you're a lot more confident than you, than you think you are. And I, I always tell you that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but just confidence is, confidence is, uh, is just perception at the end of the day and how people perceive you is 
nine out of ten times bullshit usually, and that's and that's kind of like what you're talking about the stigma of how how people have have portrayed people from where we're from, black people from wherever the hood country folk. You know what I'm saying? That's the people we talk about because that's who we are. You know what I'm saying? All all the all the people that the underlings of the world that they would they would say non elitist. I mean, first off, stand up and, and, and look them in the eye and tell them what you fucking believe. You know what I'm saying? That's what we talking about right here. This weed, this weed is shit is. We just talk about that because it's the fourth, uh, four twenty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I can hear it. Well, so and let, so, just to jump back to my one point a minute ago. I obviously don't know anything about that topic either. I just wonder if there are if there are implications men, mentally from that. You know, I know. Like, oh, I'm sure there are like, for some people. I can even go back to our like where we're from. Divorce rates are sky high. Down oh, there, sure. You know what I mean? That's and like all and across you, and you've got a, America right now. Well, but you know, like, you know, our little pocket, it's even worse because oh, sure. because you know, there's so much drugs right. going on there. And like the more I learned about my father, the more I realized that like he was in a like he was in a hole, in a deep hole, right. in it from a depression because he knew who he was and where he'd messed up and he had all these kids he was trying to take care of and like, he was disappointed in himself. Oh, for sure. You know I can, mean? I can dig that. And so like, I just think we have a lot of that going, like, when we constantly tell people you're bad, okay. right? Like, that Talk is not, me. that's not good for anybody. I agree And in this that. country, in this country, so we're all safe, like, if there's one segment of the population that gets told every single day that something, like, from a collective standpoint, is Black bad. brown folk, for sure. It's minority people. So that's really all I'm sure. getting at. So oh, all no, no, no. I so all y'all are watching, don't think no, I'm no, like, no, no, no. I don't want anybody thinking just I'm judging. Just do me for a loop, it's fine. I'm high, y'all. I don't want don't anybody thinking I'm like, I'm like judging minority no, people no, right no, like no. that. And it's so, cool. uh, you know, I think that's... But, I hope along the way I do say stuff. That's that, what we hear for. That's stupid. To talk it that out. Way, just like yeah, that, that we, so you know we can talk saying? it out. But like, I just feel like it's one more thing. Marijuana is one more thing to like tell minority people that you're it's doing stuff that way. every single day that's bad. You know what I mean? Now that's the truth. Now, okay. Now, that, yeah. And I so got you. that extrapolates into marriages. It extrapolates into fatherhood. It extrapolates oh, into sure. being a student. It extrapolates into mentorship, coaching. Like being able to being able to accept constructive criticism, like it extrapolates into you know oh, into, into everything. And so I'm talking oh, sure. on a, oh, yeah, on a yeah, yeah. Human, human level. For sure, I don't even need to. Like, I don't even need to really. I don't even really care about the tax money and all that stuff. You know, that's all just benefits that would come from it. Oh, for sure. Like, but that's for the people who 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 don't care about what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody got to have something. Yeah, you know yeah. No, you're right. No, they, <laughs> that's what we talk about. You like, gotta, for the people who don't like. We can connect to it on an emotional level. Like for me, I have an emotional level to it because I smoke. Actually, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You have an emotional level to it because you come from a background where drugs took something from you that you can never replace. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's those are, are connections that other people aren't going to be able to to have. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about the taxes and that kind of shit, that's the, that could be a connection mm-hmm. for two or three other people out of the ten that we need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. So I think, I think both those are key, That's but now I think the, the next, the third big thing is for everybody to realize like this isn't a black problem. No. 
You know what I mean? This like is an American problem. We we put it on black people because it's easy to throw like as as white as like white people. I said I'm. I know I go race more than more so than other people. Well, I've seen a stat that in Kentucky and I think it was in Kenton County. I I, I should look that up. I'm, I'm gonna fact check myself in just a second. But I think it was in King County that you're ten times more likely to get stopped for a motherfucking marijuana charge and taken to jail than a white person. 10 times and that was like a survey from like two months ago I'm, I'm, I'm gonna believe that yeah why are you looking that up and I'll expand on that here's what I'll say about the here's what I'll say about like which is that's ridiculous I wonder how much that has to do with the fact that in gen, generally speaking a white person that gets taken to jail for like for pills or whatever like they get pulled over and they got you know a bunch of Oxycontin in their car they probably got weed in there too but because the oxycontin, those charges are, you know, are gonna lock you up longer, and they're, you know, they're like the pill, the pill stuff, you know, the war on drugs, it's just a lot harsher on pills. I just wonder how much, how many of those white kids that got pulled over, white people got pulled over, also had weed in there, and they just didn't, isn't getting talked about because they caught a distribution of amphetamines or methamphetamine or whatever, you know what I'm right. saying? But like, For sure. but um, so I wonder where that, where that's at, but. Again, if you look around, it's like so many of the people, you talk about the benefits of it, of marijuana, it's like, again, this isn't just a black problem. Appalachia in general is one of the most patriotic, like military service oriented places on the planet. You know, especially obviously in America as far as red, white, and blue go. You go we go to war there, come to Eastern Kentucky, Southwest West Virginia, Southwest Virginia, Alabama. And they're, that's who's getting the Marine Corps, oh, sure. all those white kids. And so all those people are the ones, they are the ones coming out. Like, go to a bar and show me somebody, and tell me somebody's emotionally unstable and they were in the military. And all I got to do is go look for the whitest dude in the room that looks like me, and that's him. <laughs> you know, it's like, if there are all these, if there are these mental benefits to, like, when it comes to marijuana and, and when it comes to, like, post-traumatic stress or depression or anxiety or whatever because those people also are coming from broken homes you know what I mean they're like me their dad died of an opioid overdose or they're living with their grandparents and they're you know they're struggling because their mom and dad never cared about them or whatever and so like it's the people that are that are racially motivated okay. like this is going it's a large segment of the white population it's not just black people that legalizing marijuana would help Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like that. I feel like that's the segment gets too that it's only a black. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. It's it's not the case. Oh, it's not even close to the case. But I will read this to you though. So this is uh, from 2020. Actually, I couldn't find the one I was looking for. So don't quote me on that King County thing. But this one right here is uh, from the ACLU. It says black Kentuckians are 9.4 times more likely than white Kentuckians to be arrested for marijuana uh, possession. Number one in the country. Second is Montana. Third is Illinois. Favor that, favor that link. I'd like to. I'd like to check that link out because that's uh, that's Don't interesting. You know, and so like I really see this issue as somewhere we can come together. Now there are foundational issues, I think, between fundamental issues between what we would consider like you know, stereotypical Democrats and Republicans. You know what I mean? Like we do have there's cert like we're at a time in our country where we're not 
we're not bad. We're not battling over little like little issues that have like, you know, little gray areas. I mean, we have some fundamental problems right now that like I feel like the na- the national party affiliation is messing with everybody. You know what I mean? Like as Kentuckians, we ain't like Kentucky's so poverty stricken. Everybody here has been has been affected by it one way or another, and we've you know it's like we don't have these huge cities like Chicago where like you could live out in the burbs and never have to go into the hood. You know what I mean? Like if you live in Millsboro, you got to drive to the south side at some point in time. You know what I mean? Like if you live in Louisville and you want to go to Indiana, you got to drive through the West End and see you know, and you have then you have the overlap of the South End and West End in Louisville where you got the uh, you got intermingling of communities. But this is somewhere we can come together, and like I'm trying to get the legislators under to stop stop being followers and lead on lead on issues. Like if Kentucky's going to be important, if Kentucky's going to be important, we got to be on the like we were historically we were the frontier. We lived in the Cumberland Gap. You know what I mean? Right. We were you were coming. You had to come through Middlesboro to go west. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Kentucky needs to be that again and get out in front of these issues because we're never going to be economically relevant. We're never going to be like really like culturally we're never going to lead like a you know uh communicate like not or not communications but a technological revolution but right. we can we can impact the country from a cultural standpoint 100%. especially from like a governmental level because we can do things and get along with things because we do, don't have as much of a divide you know between our pop between our populations and show people, hey, here's how it's done. I mean, instead of like following everything Florida's got going on, Kentucky should be, I don't care what they got going on. You know what I mean? Like, and be on, and be on the forefront Florida's got a while. Of, of, of things, you know what I'm saying? And so that's how I feel about the COVID legislation I was trying to get put through. That's how I feel about the education stuff we're trying to get put through. That's how I feel about you know, the marijuana stuff we're trying to get through. That's how I feel about the prison stuff we're trying to get through. Like, I want this show to bring things to light and make people think about things they've never thought about and be able to go out and talk to somebody in their community on a somewhat educated level and, like, say, listen, to move this stuff forward, we're all just going to have to trust that if we go out, if we ask a question and we have, and we, it's coming from the heart and we're really trying to learn, if somebody can't take that question and isn't willing to hear it, that ain't on you no more. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're coming from a good place and you're saying, it's like, I think we think that if we go out and talk with each other's communities, that it has to be coming from like somebody, somebody says something ignorant, you gotta be like Ku Klux Klan. Or if like a black person says something, you, oh, you gotta be like a Malcolm X, Black Panther or something. It's like, it's not the, it's not the, it's not the case. You know what I mean? Sure. Like those people, like, you know, the Malcolm X's of the world and them, like, you know, they, they blazed the path to where we are a little closer today and they, we were they still talk to one fucking white people. You think you think Malcolm X ain't ever talked to a white person? No, I, I, I he's actually someone I, I that's not true. I like to learn. I, he's someone I, I ain't saying I ain't saying he was like sitting around dapping it up with white people. You know what I'm saying? Like on a regular basis, I ain't no Malcolm X expert either. But you know, I mean, you ain't getting no problem solved if you ain't talking to the other side and being the intelligent brother that he was. I'm going to assume he had a few conversations with some white folks. You, you know, you know he did. I mean, it only makes sense to a, to a man that's got a little bit of intelligence himself, I believe. You know? So, yeah, man, I mean, 
getting here, sitting down, having conversations. I mean, that that little moment we had there was a perfect example of, of what this show is going to be all about and should be all about for me and you and everybody else. Being able to take a moment of unclarity and clarifying it with just communication, passion, good intentions, and and just some understanding, you know what I'm saying? And, and then being able to apply that knowledge and take that with you when you walk out the door and, and you engage with the next person that you come across in life. You know what I'm saying? Iron sharpens iron, baby. You know what I mean? Always, always, always put your nose to the grindstone. Well, like, right now we have, it's like, we do have people that want to have these conversations, but they still aren't, like, you have, it's, I, it's like he telling people, they're like, yo, I hope we can keep this movement going with, like, you know, parental involvement and all that. I'm like, the only way it's going to be, going, going to get there is if everybody realizes it's going to take effort. Like, you might not have time to watch your favorite Netflix show. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it, like you have to make an effort and you and spend, expend energy on, it's tough having conversations with people that you don't agree with. It is hard even to go to have, even to go the extra mile and go to a, a, a meeting with a bunch of people in the room that you know you agree with. That takes a lot of effort. So, it's going to take even more effort to get out there and put yourself, you know, be in a vulnerable situation to go to if you're a Republican going to like a Democrat meeting or going to like a, you know, like a urban uh, urban development meeting or I'm trying to think what they are what that uh, the, what that group's called in Louisville that I'm always I try to keep up with I, I I'll think of it and bring it up on next time but you know like that I keep coming back to what our little segment a second ago because so many times someone like me would have said that like in a press conference or something. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that would have gotten blasted out here that this guy th- thinks this way whenever really the point I was trying to make was that I just wonder how much this, if this affects that. that right, you're it's just like, elaborating on the point. And there's no way to like quantify that, you know, but it's like if it's 25 people and it's, they got two kids each, you're talking about 50 kids, it's like their father, their self-confidence is keeping them from going and trying to make amends. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know I mean, and so that's the way I like. I really try to come out from a, everything I do. I come out from like a child level. I just think about kids and how how impactful things are. Every little, you know, every little interaction you have with them, and I, I wish everyone would think that way. Every police, I wish they would think about it every, every day. I wish all the teachers would think about it. You know, I, it's like you get in these jobs and things get they become second nature, and you don't even think they're not even, they're not even a big deal to you anymore. You know what right. I mean? Like. So it's hard to remember how important like you are as a person of, of authority, you know, whether you're a football right. coach or a police, a police officer, teacher, whatever. And we start having these adult fights. Like right now, we're having this fight about like, you know, discussing sex in classrooms and obscene materials and all this stuff. And I'm like, let's all stop fighting as adults and let's like, let's just pull up the information we're talking about. And let's all look at it and right. let's think like. Put everything else aside and like, do we want kids at not not at the discretion of their parents and not with some kind of guidance? Because again, we have to realize, and mo- it's just, it's just tough for most teachers because even where we come from, teachers don't have a lot of like crossover. There's not all there's not a whole bunch of Evan Robinsons and Jonathan Goodens that are teachers. You know, we come like when I was when we were growing up, teachers didn't, you know, they they weren't around people that were smoking weed. Yeah, you know I mean, right. and so like they're not thinking about like they may have good intentions, 
but what they're teaching or what they're saying, it may require a little more guidance when they get home. And like, neither one of us was going to get that. And we had parents that, you know what I mean? Like my mom was there and she was a, te- she was a teacher, but like she wasn't the, the steward, you know, the parental steward that was like guiding me through life. You know what I mean? And asking me about my school day and what I, what happened. So it's like I'm internalizing all that and then I'm running with it. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, I don't think we think about, okay, like. Although I grew up in the streets, so you know how that go. I mean, my mom and I was around, but. But it's like, the, maybe I'm, me, out. I'm just hoping that we can. Uh, so I, I texted Nemus. I'm wanting to you know, text, uh, you know, Attica Scott. Attica Scott and those top and like, and have a conversation with them. And when it comes to, like, marijuana, my hope is this, like, we talk to these people, and we're like, "Listen, I ain't even trying to get y'all to talk to each other. I'm trying to fill all y'all out, and then we're gonna we're gonna figure out what we want." Right, for sure. We're 100%. gonna ride it. We're gonna bring it to you. Yeah, like I said, we could write our own. Sh- if if I'm writing my own shit, like I told you, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck if you sell 25 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe in the entrepreneurial spirit. You know what I'm saying? And if you got the hustle in you to get out and sell 25 pounds, who am I to stop you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody stop. If you was to go out right now and sew up 25,000 pairs of tennis shoes in your basement and you could sell them, wouldn't nobody say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you could grow 25,000 plants in your basement and you could go out and sell them, should nobody say nothing to you? That's just my personal opinion. That's my level of freedom, you know. But I'm just saying, as on, on a real life level, you know what I'm saying? I'm willing to talk to anyone who wants to talk about it because, as I said, you know, we got off onto some other subjects because this show is not just all about weed. This show is about interaction, you know what I'm saying? But uh, there's so many benefits. There's no way that if you sit down and have a real conversation with someone, like even like with me, I'm not no expert on any of these things, but even if you have a, a real conversation with me, there's no way you're going to walk away ever thinking that weed does more harm than it does help people. There's no way. I mean, have you heard of ap- ap- apoptosis? It's they it's they put cancer in petri dishes with with different strands of weed and with cannabis oils, bro. And it was just the cancer cells were committing suicide, bro. I don't think there's anybody <laughs> on the, anybody in their right mind that could you, that could argue against you're the, a lot higher than I the medical benefits <laughs> of marijuana. I will. I, I just really. I just. I just don't. I mean, like, if if it's possible to like put a cloak over people's head and make them think that it's so, and make the vast majority of society think it, it's that it's okay to make 160 milligram oxycontin. Which again, right. go watch Dope Sick on Hulu. That right. was the next step they was about to do. A hundred and sixty millies. All right. Damn. If I, if a lot I, of people die off of that. Like if if that's that would have been a lot of people. If that's die. the case, I mean, again, there's only so much you can smoke. Oh, for you sure. I mean? You're gonna only go so, to sleep. Yeah, you're gonna go to sleep you're or you're gonna or, or whatever, but like I mean, I think everybody needs to, you need, everybody needs to go read Dope you know, Dope Sick. But it's like think that there's another book called Dreamland. It's about our area and how like white tar heroin and how like you know the cartels got in with you know and in with marijuana and how like driving it under into the underground has created this I mean so much of our problem oh for sure is, by, is, is behind that like 
from a patriotic standpoint, I can't imagine how much patriotism we could drive behind, like you said, like those type businesses. Because let's be honest right now, in most industries, there is a there's a blockade of like they don't want new people in it. You know, for sure, that's what they I'm don't saying. want yeah, like. Sure. I mean, they don't even want people so like. They don't want, yeah, you were. You're right. You're right. My my. I mean, no, you're good, I just hadn't. I, you I hadn't said the right yet. word though. Blockade. But it's like, it's all. I, I almost feel like people. Maybe they're doing it subconsciously. Are. This is like the, trying to keep certain people out. Like we talk about systemic racism. This is what Mike you know what was mean? talking about. This like day. this is a, this is like when I think systemic racism. This is where I see systemic racism. You know what I mean? It's like. In the like not in the not in the include inclusion of people in the in the system like when I look at the education system now I don't see a lot of systemic racism there other than like this, these types of issues you know what I mean like right. you got to test higher and get higher scores if you're Asian than you than if you're other races because they are wanting to get other other more like diversified people in there but people that deserve it. These agents ain't getting in because they got school, they, they've got the bar higher for them. You know what I mean? So certain is the institutions where we think it's most present, I almost feel like they're they're continuing to allow that conversation to happen. Like even the rights allow that to happen because they don't want it to get talked about where it's really happening, right. which is business, which is you know, pri, you know the prison oh, system. Sure. You know, and so it's like we got to change. We got to change all that, and they're not going to do it. No, either we do it or they, or either we do it or don't get done. And we're gonna definitely get into that, the business part of it, because that's that's a big part. That's one of the things that Mike was talking about last week, and we didn't really get into it because we kind of got into a little spat. But uh, I wouldn't really want to speak for him, but I'll I'll speak on it. Um, just about when he when he he had referenced the, uh, it's almost like saying that um, they didn't slap you first. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I had made a reference to, like, you don't have to make it a slapping fight. And he's like, well, that's like saying they didn't slap you first. You know what I'm saying? And and bringing up this topic just made me think about that. And I, and I understand what he's saying, like, when because it is a lot of that in, like, the business world and shit, like, where it's not, it's not that you can't get in. It's the amount of hoops you got to jump through to make it there. You either run out of gas or run out of funds before you can make before you can make it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So, or they catch you up. You know what I'm saying. Trying to make the funds. You know what I'm saying. Which is what we talking about. You know what I'm saying. Because sometimes you need a little extra. And you know what we do usually when we need a little extra. I would tell you what I used to do when I was 22 years old. I got me a little weed or something, and I hustled me up some money because that's what people do in real life. You know what I'm saying? We hustle. We hustle up some money. That's what we do. When you need some money, you get it the best way you know how. And if you come from drug-infested areas and you come from country shit like I come from or you come from the hood or if you come from the plains of motherfucking Arkansas, if 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 it's money that can be made quick, usually you'll probably take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you, mean, again, <laughs> in real life. That's real life. So my first real boss... That I had at State Farm, I love him to death. Give me an opportunity, but like, I remember us having a conversation. He could, he just couldn't fathom like not having a thousand bucks in your bank account, right? But like, people gotta realize, and I think most people do realize this. We just don't have, we don't have enough people in government to realize this. Like, when, when someone like 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 us, growing up, needs money, I can't go study for a test to get an insurance license. 
Uh-huh. And then wait six more months to get things rolling. Uh-huh. It's like, we're talking about food to eat today, somewhere a roof over our kids' heads tomorrow. Like, uh-huh. we're not, it's like, you know, we don't live in a slow-paced society where things are, you know, uh, play out a long time. And we're, and we're not raised, let's not leave, it, leave the beaver where our parents are raising us to be like, thinking about future problems, right. you know, like to where we're like planning those. It's like we, even myself included, I'll, I'll know there's a problem along the way, but it don't hit me in the face until it's about to like right. really be like detrimental. And that's a, that's a whole nother issue that comes from, from the part of it that we, we kind of touched a little bit earlier. I think you did. Um, like you can't, you can't take away people's safety nets and shit in fact, there probably should be more safety nets out there for people. You know what I'm saying? Or at least safety nets is, I don't like the word safety nets because I don't think feel like you should be catching anyone. You should be giving them a boost to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Because I think you help a lot more people if, if you start in a better place than if you try to catch everybody up in the end. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Because by the time you make it to the end, you're in, everybody's in different places. Everybody needs different shit to be made whole. If, if whole. Yeah, no, you know look, what I'm saying? 100%. But if you, if, you, if you can help them when they're 17 or 14, you know what I'm saying? We should, or we should be trying moms, to. Moms helped when the kid's six months old or fresh out the wound, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, first off, we have those to, are all We have things. to stop legislating for the current adult population. I don't know when stuff changed or if it was ever any different, but we have to start governing and living for the next generation, like with the right. next generation in mind. So when you when you're a parent, that's how you should live. Be careful. You know, somebody's gonna think you're progressive saying something like that. Well, no, I, listen, no, I'm dude, but I, I, we gotta throw the we gotta throw I, the vocabulary with you 100%. out the window. I think to me that's the most 100. When I think I about America. Like, because that's I, the way it should be. That's what I think of. As a, I, that's the most American thing I feel like I can say is like live every day like you're trying to set your children up. You know what I mean? Like, and take pride in it's all me, it's all mental messaging. You know, it's all like everybody thought I was in Frankfurt trying to get these bills passed and I was like being confrontational and being like calling people out. And I'm like, no, dude, we choose. We, we make it fucking a party and use that as our slogan. We make a choice. Yeah, we ain't got to call it no progressive shit, but that's a good slogan. Like I'll we, tell you, that was a good one. We make a choice every day on how we frame things. And again, so we talked this before. We talk, I forget what it was we were talking about, you know, six months ago or something. But it's like, we need to address, we need to know there's an issue and be able to talk about that while at the same time acknowledging the, the facts of the matter and what we got to do on an individual level to give people hope, you know, and like, not make not make people feel like think that they're never they have no chance of success. You know what I mean? But we gotta be able to, we have to be able to do that without we can't be lying to people. You know what I mean? We gotta sure. know as adults, 100%. okay, we're talking about the problems, but we're trying to fix them for our kids and they ain't old enough to get it yet. So we're trying to like, you know, steward them into adulthood to where like they can they come out with hope and then also with re- like a reality check too. You know, and so like to me that's the one of the biggest issues is just messaging, figuring out how to say things positively, and realize that we're all on the you know on the same team. And again, trying to solve it at the earliest level possible. It's like another thing I hope we get to talk about. I know you don't know anything about the school resource officer problem in Louisville, but the crime the crime problem that we 
we're going at them, and we just passed an SRO bill that will force people to force every school in Louisville to have have one on their campus. But to me, we're not because because to uh, like to even the white progressives in Louisville, it like the emotionally putting police officers in front of kids. They just worry so much about kids. And I'm like, here's the deal: if you need an SRO in a high school, it's too late. Yeah, you know I mean, like you, we should have SROs in elementary schools without all the all the military garb, you know, wear a polo and some khakis, and I know you gotta be strapped because you're a police. I get that, but it doesn't have to be like, boom, right there with the kids like, you know, identifying. They, they, they. When they see you, they see a gun. They need to see you as a cop because you rep. You're not your name. You, you have a name as a cop, obviously, but to that child, you represent police officers in general. You know what I mean? So if a third grader is getting at constant day-to-day positive interactions with a police officer, that's going to, you know, we have to, you have to trust that's going to, you know, go on into adolescence and teenage and adulthood. And I have to get back to you on that one, though, on the on the gun part of that one. Because let me, let me think that one over. Because I kind of I kind of think it's okay for them to have a gun. No, no, they the got. They, listen, they have to have I, a gun there. I, 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 but I th- I, I'm, I'm saying I think it might be beneficial in the long run, just because I'm now as a person who, like I said in the last podcast, I do not own a gun, but I do come from a family of, of guns, and I will be getting a gun as soon as I get my rights back to get my shit. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but. Um, I believe that the knowledge and the awareness of the gun is very important. And like I said the last time, I believe guns are here to stay. People need to fucking get over it. And we just need to learn how to be safe with them. And I, that's what I think the awareness of it and the knowledge of it is much more beneficial than hiding it from them as a kid. Because I know it benefited me immensely to have been around guns my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I wish I had a little more time, but I got a dentist appointment here in a minute. But, um. Well, for me, again, I'm not saying it's not important. I think all the little things, all the little yeah, yeah, actions yeah, matter. So, like, yeah. I just don't want the cop, I don't want the kid to see, a, to see a gun for, a, you know, they need to see the person. And, they, you know, in the corner of the eye, I know that dude's got a gun there. So, obviously, he's got a little more. Like he's got a little something on you if you like step out he's of line. Be a friendly guy. You know what I mean? But like I, I want, I just want to give kids the opportunity to see, see police officers as members of the community and someone to be respected and, and someone to go to when you need help. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like that's what's not happening. And what happened right now is in Louisville, we we want guns on campuses so bad at these schools that we're putting, we're just throwing them in with these with the older populations of, of kids and we're worried about the high schools. And we're only putting them there because of the crime. We're not putting them there because of the kid. We're putting them there because of the crime. And I don't think we think about the kid enough. Uh, I wouldn't disagree. You know what I'm saying? I know that's a, that's a huge standard to hold because I think everyone in every job they have should think about that. Like, if you're not going to care about other people, other your other peers, everybody knows this. You want to you want to piss a mom off? Be mean to their kid. You want to make a mom be ride or die for you, regardless of your political affiliation. Show her one time, step in front of a moving car for that kid once, and she will never even care how you feel about 
right. like things. You know what I'm saying? And right. so, because again, that's like that's you that's you like sacrificing yourself for us. Especially that's a if you're a white if you're a white person, you really and you want to show that African community that you are that you mean business and you like you ain't just saying I don't see color, like show like go out of your way to like help the situation by going to the root and going to the going to like minority children. You know what I mean? Like interact with them and show them that you care and don't be doing it because you want volunteer credits and don't be doing it because you want anybody to know who you are. Just put yourself in in the in the community around people and show them that your time their time time around them is important to you because you only have so much time in your life. So every hour you spend in something else, you better be doing it because you think it's valuable or you're otherwise you're wasting you know the most important uh, thing you have. You know what I'm saying? So like. Again, to me, that's the thing is um, just getting reminded everybody that all this stuff is a, it's a human level. Um, you know, the marijuana. To me, that's that's what we're missing on marijuana. We're talking about we're talking about mental health, and we're talking about adults, and we're talking about prison, and but we're not really talking about how we're setting people up for 50, 60 years of being a drain on society, and but also like we're being a like not even giving them a chance to participate. Oh, it's simple for me. Like I said earlier, it's very simple. It's you can you can cut the pie however you want to cut the pie, but in the middle of the pie, it's gonna be some feeling, and it's gonna be good feeling or it's gonna be shit feeling. And when you cut open the pie that's made out of marijuana legislation, it's a fucking good pie. It's, it's going to make money. It's going to make jobs. It's going to bring people together. It's going to make veterans feel better, cancer patients. I hesitate to use the word cure, but it's definitely alleviated some people of their of their woes. People got to realize the human condition isn't changing. <laughs> and at the end of the day, people are going to do it 1,000%. It's... it's, it's undeniable you know what I'm saying and until someone can prove that it's harming people on a human level or a physical level or some type of level like that I think we just got to until we can prove that it's harming people (laughs) that the until we can prove that the drug itself is harming people more than the consequences of it's current legal status, and it needs to be. It needs to be harming others as well. Like, even even if it's just harming you, that's not enough. That's not enough because cigarettes are legal, pain pills are legal, alcohol is legal. Listen, it's a Miss America. We have <laughs> all we that. Have a right to, you have a right to, we have a right to, be, to be stupid here. <laughs> that's sure. what's beautiful of America. People think that America's supposed to be this like clean cut, like. Yo, here's the bar. It's like, no, that's all. That's what America was always about was like. Misfits. Misfits misfits and being able to be stupid and you having the right to do that as long as you ain't hurting other people or whatever. You know, it's like, and the hurting other people definitely is probably something we should do on one day as well because, you know, that's like, again, we have these, we have these people in all these institutions that are attacking the very like um, essence of. Of what America's about by by trying by taking hold of the of our terminology and our vocabulary, and making like you know, 
That's that's the mask argument. Well, if you if you if you're breathing out a sickness and everyone else is getting it, you it's know, like talking about harming people with their intent. I know, but so but what I'm saying <laughs> is that's what's happening is they're that's taking hold of that true. word and making it mean like true. if it if, if it saves one life, and it's like okay, well we can get there after we deal with the problems that are harming millions of them, millions of lives. Right now we got problems that are harming millions of people. Oh, I agree a hundred percent with that sentiment, and uh, I wish I. Could Continue the conversation, but I do really got to go. Yeah, so look, so it's, 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 this conversation obviously isn't over. Um, it's been way too much, though. So yeah, when we good. post this out there, everybody comment, you know, like, share, all that. Like, I keep saying this by myself. I know John feels the same way. I want y'all to, like, call me on some, anything anything stupid, anything yeah. I mess up on. Like, we are here because we're trying to do, we're trying to have conversations no one else can have. To make so that people can yeah, have them you know. and so that we can all get better and move forward as a people. So, love y'all. Thanks for watching. Thanks for giving us your hour and 16 minutes of your time. Yeah, um, I'll we take know all it. criticism and comments, uh, likewise, praise as well. So, uh, y'all enjoy your day. Don't get too high and get involved. Get involved in your community. Take care of somebody in your community. Go out, help a kid, help an old lady. Cut somebody's grass. Do something. Learn. Learn. Be a part of the. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. You feel me? We out. Way too there much. Good job, man. Thanks. Love you, brother. So it was a. Uh...